All we have to be is God's children, and all we have to do is ask. And you don't know what the outcome is going to be, but that doesn't mean you stop asking. That doesn't right. mean you stop being God's child. It means because you're God's child, you ask, and He can take care of it. And now, Mundane Faithfulness presents, in partnership with South Park Crawl Space Records, the Mundane Faithfulness Podcast. Welcome to the Mundane Faithfulness Podcast, where friends of Kara Tippett's gather to discuss issues of community, grace, hardship, and the gospel. I am your host, Blythe Hunt. Today, Jill Butine and I are discussing the introduction and chapter one of her book, co-written by Kara, Just Show Up. And we have an extra special guest with us today in the studio, Heather Morgan, known to many of you as the original owner of the grace dress that Kara talked about so often. Heather literally took the dress off her back to give to Kara on our particularly hard day. Heather, can you explain what happened that day? Can you tell us how you happened to be there, how Kara happened to ask you for her your dress, and how you happened to give it to her? Kara, I don't think, knew me well enough to ask me for my dress at that point. I know now that she would have asked me if I had held out. Totally. But at the time, <laughs> I didn't even know that. But um, it was in the summer— so, and we, she had told me at Vacation Bible School, I have breast cancer. And then we had picked up kids and moved on. And we'd only texted really since then. And so we were working out this arrangement and I was going to bring lunch over. I think it was a school day. Yeah, because I didn't have my kids with me. But her kids were there. But Story was young. Story right. was young. Story was and maybe long. they brought their kids home early because they were going to be having pictures taken. Jen Lentz was going to take yes. their family pictures because Kara wanted a, a hair picture. A family picture while she had hair. So um, I had arranged to go to their house. I don't think I had ever been to that house before. I had been to their rental one time, and then they had come into this house, and then they'd had to leave because of the fire. I was never in there before the fire. Then there was the fire and all the smoke and everything. Then she found the cancer. So I don't think I was ever there. So it was my first time at her house, and um, I brought— stuff and made food while people were scurrying about and she was going to have they were going to have their pictures taken I I think I painted her fingernails I brushed her hair that day she did have hair and um, <laughs> I did girls hair I braided stories I was just looking for stuff to do and I had on this dress that I had put on that morning which oddly enough I had put on another dress first one that I had sort of made piece together from various things that had been really cute the summer before. But for some reason, this was my first time to wear it. And it was so tight on my hips. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I cannot wear this dress. But I don't think I've gained any weight. Maybe it was the dryer. I hope it was the dryer. Was so Jesus. I was like, okay, I'm taking this off. Yeah. And I'll put on this dress that I just got at the thrift store that's clean now. So I put it on. And I wore it to Kara's. And I was cooking and stuff. And she was like, that is such a cute dress. I don't know what I'm going to wear for pictures. And I would have later taken that as like a hint that she wanted my dress. But of course, I barely even knew Kara, really. And so I was like, oh, you should totally wear it. And she said, oh, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, sure, sure. And wait, wait, were you like, yeah, sure, sure? Or were you like, yeah, sure, okay? <laughs> no, 
actually, I was excited for her to wear it. At that moment, I wasn't thinking, I'm going to give you my dress. I was just like, here, you should wear it if you want to wear it. And I thought she was at first just being nice. Like, you really would want me to do that? I'm from the South where all you say is nice things. You only think the mean things. <laughs> so I didn't know for sure. So I was like, yeah, sure. And she was like, I could give you some of my clothes to wear while we take pictures. And I was like, actually, I have some of my husband's clothes out in the car. For some reason, I was going to take them to him to change later. And I said, I would rather look skinny in his clothes than fat in yours. So I'm going to go get Don's clothes and put them on. So I went and I went and got Don's clothes, went in the bathroom. I came out looking like one of those boys from the hood with the like droopy drawers, you know, and handed her the dress and she put it on. And I was like, you look great. You should just keep it. And little did you know it was Kara. I know she totally did, which I was so grateful she did because I seriously might have paid two ninety nine for it at the thrift store. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it was from a thrift store. I like it even more now. Yeah, and you know what? About two months ago, in the Costco parking lot, I saw a lady way down at the end with the same dress on, and all I could think was, "Oh, I forgot it had a belt because I cut the belt <laughs> off of it." <laughs> and I wanted to say something to her, but I I could not. I was too shy. Kara totally would have walked up and talked to her, but. I couldn't walk up Didn't and talk to her. Did make you sad to see the lady in the dress? Uh, I think bittersweet because I smiled and laughed about the belt. Mm-hmm. But of course, I got all teary thinking, Carol wore that dress too. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Did you expect to get it back when you said you should wear it today? I think originally I thought, oh, hey, I'll loan it to you. But then when she put it on, I said, oh, you should just keep it. Because it wasn't like I had even grown attached to it. I think I wore it that day. That was it. Aww. I'd never worn it before. No, I wore it as a swimsuit cover-up once, I think. <laughs> yeah. So what does it mean to you now, in retrospect, that it became so special to her and it became such a symbol of grace? I think it makes—I'm pleased, and it does make me feel like I have a nice, special connection to Kara— that and everybody around Kara, even distant from Kara, has some sort of special connection to Kara. But um, I think that was my original. And also the fact that she took it from me says several things. Like she likes my style, mm-hmm. and that she thinks it's. I mean, she will receive things from me, and I can give things to her, and it's in her picture. So it makes me. I'm, I'm very pleased that she. Took it, and in retrospect, it is kind of. I feel kind of awkward because I'm so not anyone who wants to be like, you know, have um, everyone what know do you a call story that? about you. Yeah, what do you call <laughs> name dropping? Name yeah. dropping. Uh. I'm not a big name dropper because I, I kind of get weirded out when people do that. So it took Don even when I wrote that little art, the thing for the blog. My husband was like, "You need to call it the Grace Dress because no one's going to know what you're talking about." And I was I was very hesitant to even do that because I didn't want it to be like, and I'm the grace dress chick, you know? <laughs> because it, and it, who wouldn't have done that? Like, really, if someone else had been there and it had been the same situation, it's not like I'm the angel who would do that. I don't know. So many people would do that. I feel like you're special. I do, too. <laughs> well, also, you. though, the story makes me laugh because now, knowing Kira, how we all knew her, I'm picturing, like, she was asking a little bit to wear your dress with that, ooh, that's cute, I don't know what to wear. Totally, Kara, (laughs) had she known you a little bit longer, she'd have been like, can I have that? (laughs) Yeah. Like she does to Jonna. (laughs) (laughs) So what has happened to the dress? Mickey gave it back to me on the day that we were um, going through some of Kara's things when Jason 
invited some people over. And it, she started off by saying, I thought I would take the grace dress home with me. And I have a friend there who sews and I wanted her to make pillows for the kids to have. And I was like, oh, I actually love making pillows. This is one thing that I like to do and I know how to do. And since it was my dress, can I have it back and I'll do it for free? <laughs> I don't know if she was going to pay the lady. But um, so she said yes. And she gave it back to me. And I made them all pillows out of that and a few other things I had. And I got them to them before they left um, for summer in their RV. So I I thought, oh, maybe they could take them with them. Maybe they didn't, which is fine. It was probably more for me than for them anyway. But, um, yeah, I sent them on their summer trip. And a tiny bit of it went to Mickey. We all, we made, we all contributed items, and I made a pillow for Mickey, and it has a bit of it on there. So I have a question for you, Heather, since you're here. I don't know if most people know that you decided to go over to Kara's one day a week and just do various things that she needed done at the house. That was pretty near the beginning of when we'd all met Kara. She didn't have a huge, huge community. So how did you make that decision? I think that day with the gray stress, I, it was kind of just like a crisis moment. Oh, I want to go do something for her. And then being in their home that day, I left and went home and I said to Don, I, I feel like I should do something more. Like she doesn't have a lot of people that she knows. She had just moved here. And I had actually met her in the home of one of our pastors at Village 7. Erica Counts had invited me over to meet her. And um, I knew that she didn't know very many people. And I'm not a committal person at all. Like, me either. I will jump into something at the last second, like that day, and I will give you my dress, and I will whatever. But if I have to do something weekly, I don't. I, it's hard for me. I can't commit to teaching Sunday school, partly because— I'm not good with other people's children, but also <laughs> no one believes for mine. that. Also, because yeah, I love your children. I love both of your children. You're not so much other people. You have though. to say that because you're on here right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I just knowing that I have something coming is hard for me. Knowing that I have to do it every because then I feel like, oh great, what if someone gets sick? Oh great, what if then I have to figure out someone to replace me and whatever. But. Um, I said to Don, I feel like I need to be willing to do something that's more consistent. And I don't know for sure what that is, so we should pray about it because I don't want to commit to something and then resent it because right. I sometimes do that too. I'm totally admitting not all of my faults, but some of them here. And um, so we prayed about it, and I did talk to a couple of people who also knew Kara, including Erica, who Erica had just started back to teaching school. And, of course, Erica couldn't do it, but she was kind of my connection to Kara. And I, I asked her if she thought it would be reasonable, and she said, yeah, and, and Don did. And so we, we just prayed about it a lot. Cause, and I find God leads me by not letting me stop thinking about something. Mm. So it was just this increasing urgency to me that I need to be available to Kara. And so I— had also learned through some other things, including some experiences of my own, that it's so helpful to have someone offer you something specific. Mm. And so totally. I did say to Kara, I have to be at school these various days, but um, Tuesdays, 
Eleanor and I have a music class in the morning, but we could come right after music class and we could stay until we go pick up your kids in the afternoon. If that would be helpful for us to helpful for us to be here for you and for Story Jane because she was even younger than my youngest Eleanor. I love that because it is exactly what Kara talks about in her introduction to Just Show Up, where she says, showing up for another says, I see you, your pain is known, and although I cannot make it better, I'm here and that's what matters. Showing up for another, extending yourself for another is always costly. Jill, do you have an example for yourself of what this looked like in your relationship with Kara? Yes, um, it's not quite as great as Heather's. (laughs) It's not anywhere near as great as Heather's. Um, For me, I I definitely had to make a decision about Kara. I think a lot of us did. Am I in or or am I out? Because she was so new to us. So for me, I I remember thinking about that and deciding. I don't want to walk away from this because I don't know what to say or do or because I'm uncomfortable. And I was all of those things. I just wanted to to be there for them. I didn't go over once a week. I wasn't that smart. (laughs) (laughs) Just things like that don't come to me. I don't know. But I remember driving around one day. I was stressed out about something and thinking, you know, Kara has all these people showing up for her. What, What can I do? There. It felt like a lot of things were being done. And I texted her and said, give me something. I know there is something I can do. I think she had just blogged about being exhausted and maybe unable to go to the store for small things or something like that. I could be wrong on that. But anyway, I just said, give me something. And she said, okay, I, every time I do chemo, I switch drinks because she would get so sick. She would throw up. She didn't want to have the same taste basically. So she said, I don't know exactly what I want, but here's a couple options. And I went to the drink aisle in the grocery store and bought, you know, a million different things. And it made me happy. And I just remember her accepting that to me was so amazing because I am not good at accepting help. And I would probably be the person to say, oh no, you're sweet, but don't worry about it. But I always think of that moment as a little bit pivotal because I think had she not accepted help, our relationship wouldn't be what it ended up being. Because that was just a way for her to let people in, I think, to her story and her heart. And she realized that and saw that for what it was. But don't you think that that's okay, that some people show up in big, huge ways and some people show up in subtle, quiet ways? And we need both. Yeah, absolutely. And if anything, it's, you, you know, to encourage people... We're not all the people who can run the t-shirt thing and organize a million things. That's not me. And it wouldn't be good for any of us if I were to try to take on a project like that. So little things like that for me worked. I ended up watching story on days that our kids didn't have um, preschool at the same time. So I would have her youngest and my youngest. And it was almost easier to have another kid. She was so great about letting me know when she needed that. And it was not a big deal at all for me. So that was another simple way. It doesn't feel very profound, but I think it worked out really great for both of us. What does it mean to you that you didn't feel qualified to show up? You didn't know what to do. You were fearful, but you didn't want to not show up. What was that um, conflict like in your heart? I mean, it was tough. I, I don't like to sound stupid, 
and, you know, make people awkward and all of that good stuff. So I definitely had to work through that. I just remember thinking, even when I would see Jason like at school or on the playground, I don't want to be the person that walks by him because I don't know what to say. So I am just going to stand next to him. And really, honestly, Jason and I are rarely serious. You know, he's super sarcastic and funny. And so there were days that Kara would have a tough day and Jason and I would just stand on the playground and kind of make fun of each other and just laugh because it wasn't that I was avoiding the stuff with Kara. I, I knew a lot of what was going on in their hearts. And I just thought maybe it's okay that he just has a break and can have some normal. So I guess I just made that choice even when I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, in the book, Kara also says, friends, community, it is the only way to know and be known. And then in chapter one, Jill, you say that consistently the relationship will become about the person suffering purely because that is how it has to be. Did you feel like you were known by Kara? Is that possible to be known by somebody who is suffering to such an extent that Kara did? Absolutely. I absolutely felt known by Kara. Um I don't mean this in the way that it's all about the other person, if, it, if it's coming off that way. But how I meant that was, it becomes not about us. So, okay, I was scared to show up, but it just became not about me in that moment. And for Heather, it became not about you. It was out of your comfort zone to commit to one day a week. You just sort of step beyond some of the choices you would normally make and maybe step into something even while you're fearing it. So what was it about? What ultimately, as you stepped into that, how were you changed because of that courage and how God equipped you to make that decision? Well, the relationship with Kara that grew out of that was amazing. I mean, Kara was just great and fun and so wise. And so... To me, what's grown out of it is faith. My faith has changed because of Kara. My relationships with other women have changed and grown. And even though this has been hard and, and we've all been hurt in terms of losing Kara, I just don't think I'm the same person that I was. I think, you know, if anything were to happen for any of you girls, we would all be there again, even though it is can be scary. And it I will hurt. add to... That was when Carol was first diagnosed that I did once a week. And I said at the time, for this school year, I am available every Tuesday. Beyond that, I don't know for sure how I'm available. And by by the end of that school year, she really was at a good place. And th through the summer, I barely saw Kara through the summer. Well, I barely even saw her on those Tuesdays, really, because she was sick. I was with Story. I, it wasn't like I was having this heart-to-heart -heart with Kara every Tuesday. Right. I mostly stayed downstairs, and she mostly stayed upstairs. But I was going to point out that. So I said, for that amount of time, I'm available. You, ha I, I like having cutoff times so that I know and, it's, and they know and it's reasonable. Not like I do this for everyone, but anything I do, I like to know a start and a finish. And then summer, she was good. And then when um, the cancer came back and she had to go back into treatment, I, I didn't feel God's leading to say that. There were so many people in her life, like Corey and right. you. By that point, there were other people whose lives actually fit better with Kara's life than mine did, mm -hmm. whereas mine had fit better before. And it was almost like reinforcements 
which I know not everyone in Kara's position can have. God really blessed her in that way in her hard situations. But I didn't feel the need to do it later. I did see Kara. I would sit with her. or And I ended up doing groceries more later the second time around because Mickey would send me a grocery list and I would go get it. But I was not a consistent weekly person the second time around because it didn't it wasn't that urgency for me it was an urgency for someone else yeah so the first time around i think we all assumed that she would get well because people get well they have cancer they have breast cancer and often they go through the treatment and they get better was there a point for either of you when we realized she wasn't going to get well, that you looked at your relationship and your friendship with her and thought, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to show up anymore. This has gotten really, really serious. I don't. I think by then I had enough connection to Kara and to Jill. And I think I felt like, wow, I, this is something new. I don't know how to do it yet again. But I think I was enough into it that there wasn't an option for me that time. I was in denial for a long time about Kara dying, not because, exactly for the reasons you just said, because we know there can be a miracle. And it just, so you you almost expect it, that miracle, because of how God was so working in her story. But like you said, he's in this story too. You have been listening to the Mundane Faithfulness Podcast with Blythe Hunt an official production of the Mundane Faithfulness blog. You can find us at mundanefaithfulness.com.